Hello, Iterative Marketers. Welcome to the Iterative Marketing Podcast, where each week we give marketers and entrepreneurs actionable ideas, techniques, and examples to improve your marketing results. If you want notes and links to the resources discussed on the show, sign up to get them emailed to you each week at iterativemarketing.net. There you'll also find the Iterative Marketing blog and our community LinkedIn group where you can share ideas and ask questions of your fellow Iterative Marketers. Now let's dive into the show. Hello and welcome to the Iterative Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Robinson, and with me as always is the perceptive and ever-observant Elizabeth Aaron. How are you doing today, Elizabeth? I'm well. How are you, Steve? I'm doing pretty well myself. It is a gloomy day here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, but uh, I am uh, doing everything to overcome that with a bright and cheery mood. Uh, you know, it's funny because, uh, as you know, I'm getting ready to go on a, a little vacation, visit some family in California, and... Um, I got up early to try and get caught up on a few things because there's that stress before you leave. And I haven't even looked out the window. I don't know what the weather's like where wow. I am. I have no clue. That's it's... almost weird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it was fun. So what are we talking about today? So today we're talking about advertising and more specifically how consumers' media consumption habits have changed and how that's increasing uh, sort of how changing how advertising is impacting us. Yeah, you had run across a really interesting article that you had posted to our Slack feed and and suggested maybe as a podcast topic. Um, uh, do you want to tell us about that that article? Because I think that's really the, the the instigator for this episode. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I was I was on Marketing Land. I love Marketing Land, reading a couple of different posts. And I came across one called I Love Advertising Said No One Ever. And it went on to talk about how we don't like advertising. And it got me thinking, um, and we'll link to it in the show notes if you want to read it, but you know, I wonder, do we really hate advertising or do we just hate advertising that isn't relevant to us? Yeah, it's a very good question and I'm glad we're talking about it today. Today, I think there's a lot of moving parts to this because I think it's not just people's perception of advertising, but I think it's a game of cat and mouse that advertising is playing with people too. And well, we'll, we'll get into it. I think there's a lot here. So I think it, it helps if we start out by talking about what we like about advertising, both from a consumer and a marketer's perspective, um, and then get into the disparity between these two perspectives, because I think that that is one of the things that's contributing to this dislike towards advertising. And it wouldn't be the Iterative Marketing Podcast if we didn't come through and talk about how we would plan to address some of this with Iterative Marketing, right? Exactly. So what can we do as marketers to ensure that our advertising is actually sought out and not ignored or blocked? And we'll get into that, but uh, by our target uh, target market. So let's start with why, um, why do some people, or at least people in the past, why have we appreciated advertising as consumers or at least tolerated it? Well, I think that uh, when we look at it from the consumer perspective, the thing to keep in mind is that we're we're inherently selfish. Um, I don't know if you agree with that, but typically, any time we're acting, you know, it's we're act, we're wondering what's in it for us, and it's not doesn't make it bad. It's just this is the only you know point of view we've ever had to acknowledge, and so it's easy to just always be in our own you know sort of mind when we're thinking about this. <clears throat> And so one thing that we love about it is when it when advertising tells us about products or services that we don't know about, but that we need. And we've all had those commercials, you know, the um, as seen on TV commercials that come on and you're like, gosh, I had no idea I could live my, my life without a keychain that fits sriracha on the go. But you see this advertising and you realize, oh, my gosh, I need to have this product. 
Yeah, and I think you see that a lot with um, you know legacy magazines, right? You would you would you would get a magazine, you'd pay money for a magazine, either a subscription or off the newsstand, and the ads would become part of that magazine experience because they were these full page glossy things that would that would that would that would inform you of products that you weren't necessarily aware of. It's funny that you, I actually was just watching a video the other day, uh, popped up in my Facebook feed and it was someone who had taken, I think it was, um, American Vogue and maybe it was Italian Vogue and they had weighed them and then they had removed all the ads and then weighed them again. And the difference, um, the advertising made up so much more than the content made up of that, of that publication. But that's one of the reason that people buy it. They want to know what those, those products are that they're, that they're advertising. And to some extent it becomes a form of education, right? Definitely. Um, if you don't know that something's out there, then you don't know to seek it out. And so not only does it become a, a, an awareness tool, but it also becomes a way to um, to educate the consumer and let them know not only what is this product, but what can it do and, and why is it important? Yeah, it makes you worry about all kinds of things that you didn't worry about before you saw yeah. the ad that tell you told you that you needed to worry about this, right? Exactly. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> To that extent, it's also a form of entertainment. I mean, you know, I think Super Bowl ads are the the, the prime example of this, right? Mm-hmm. And these are the ones that I I find myself um, being drawn to the most are those the entertaining ones. But um, you know, when we when we're sitting around the water cooler and we're talking about the latest Geico ad, which you know we're going to talk about this later. But these are personally my favorites. Um, you know, these are the ones that again people may not necessarily be able to recall that first or second time they watch it what the brand is, but it's the it's it's so compelling that they actually you know stop fast forwarding through commercials because they love the ad so much, or you know they they run in from you know doing laundry in the other room because they want to see their favorite ad on TV. And then I think there's a there's a, a component of this also where we as consumers understand that it's somewhat of a, a form of payment, right? So if you're listening to a podcast and they break for a sponsor, that's how you know, you're know you paying for that content is you're, in theory, listening to those sponsorships. If you're watching television, the commercials come as part of how you're paying for the television ad. And and it's this when the value I think is 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 congruent with uh, of the content is congruent with the 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 friction of the advertising. Um, meaning, if it's highly entertaining, entertaining, then there's no there's no friction there. If it's highly informative, then there's no friction there. And when it's mildly entertaining or mildly informative, then there's some friction. When the friction is equal to the content, then we feel like it's it's justified, and we're just we're just paying for our experience. I think that's a great point. And I think one other area where we help to reduce the friction, um, you know, when we're watching those ads and what's that point between being annoyed and being entertained or seeking it out has to do with making sure that, you know, the consumer's needs are aligned with um, with that message, not only their needs, but where they are in that buyer's journey. And, and when we can when we can reach out to them and really give them a message that they're not only open to, but want to hear, um, then then it's welcome. And then that way it doesn't come off as being this annoying advertising that they hate. Yeah. I mean, you know, the holidays weren't that long ago, but uh, um, I know that, that for me, um, you know, we had some white elephant gift exchanges that we had to plan for. And so um, those as seen on TV ads are just uh, just perfect, and and I was paying a lot more attention to those and enjoying them a lot more while I was thinking about would this be a good white elephant, you know, gift. And uh, at the same time, you know, a, Ge- a Geico commercial is is entertaining regardless of whether I'm in the market for for car insurance. So it works out really well. And here's the difference between Steve and I. Steve's white elephant gifts were as seen as on TV 
products and my entire stocking was as seen on TV products. So <laughs> I don't know what that says about me and my family. I'm not sure. So from the consumer's perspective, we're looking for information, informative. We're looking for entertainment value. We're looking for this to be, you know, aligned with where we are in our, in our buyer's journey, which obviously, you know, broadcast, that's hard to hit every, everyone every, at the right time, all the time, but, but it it has to be close. And, and if those three things are there, then, then we're, we're largely satisfied. But um, from a marketer's perspective, what is the marketer trying to get out of this advertising? So it's funny because at the end of the day, we're trying to accomplish the same thing. The marketer wants to sell the product and the consumer wants to buy the product, but the means of getting there are different. And when we look at it from the marketer's perspective, it's all about the marketer. It's all about the brand. And um, and I think that's where we, we sort of see this breakdown sometimes. But the first thing that the marketer is looking to do is they want to make sure that they're increasing awareness, trust, and or perception of the brand. And so making sure that um, not only do, do, do consumers know about their product and know about their brand, but start to develop that relationship so that they're um, able to recognize them when they're you know out and about shopping. Um, it's the brand that comes top of mind, and it's the brand that they trust and want to choose over everything else that's on the shelf. Yeah. And once they've accomplished that, or in addition to accomplishing that, the, the, the marketer wants to drive uh, demand. Um, I mean, if you think about it, earliest advertising was really focused on driving this demand. You know, nine in 10 uh, doctors say that uh, smoking is good for you. You know, it's a, that, that, that kind of like uh, why you should buy this product type of advertising. Either way, when we're talking about this, it's not it's not about the consumer so much. It's about to make money. And that's where I think that dissonance lies and where we start to see some issues when it comes to whether advertising is is being received and is effective. Yeah. If you're getting in my way as a consumer, just to splash your logo in front of me, that's not that's serving you, not serving me. If you're just entertaining me, but I don't remember who your brand is, um, either consciously or subconsciously, then that's that's serving me, but it's not serving you. And you, know, you see a lot of ads that fall on on one of those two two areas today. And this is where I, I think so many people have that perception of advertising is bad, that I, they don't like advertising is because we haven't been able to bridge this gap. And again, it's it doesn't necessarily make sense because at the end of the day, um, our end results are aligned. I want to, as a marketer, I want to sell a product. And as a consumer, you want to buy that product. But our steps that we take to get there are very different. And our inability to make that connection at that level is, I think, what comes down to making advertising so hated by consumers. Yeah, and we're seeing more and more studies coming out these days that kind of that, that prove that that advertising has clearly crossed some sort of threshold and, and it is hated by, by our audiences. I mean, you know, there's a study from Pew that said that the only group that was hated worse than advertisers were were online hackers and criminals. That makes you feel great as a marketer, I'm sure. (laughs) Right up there with the hackers. And I think, um, you know, when you take a look, especially ad blocking is is huge and everyone's talking about it right now. Um, You know, a a similar study came out and said that 28% of American internet users are actually taking steps to hide specifically from advertisers. Um, And so when you start to think about that and you think about the technologies that make it available for them to hide from us, um, this is a big problem for marketers. No, there aren't just studies, though, that are showing that we're hated as marketers. Um, uh, There are studies showing uh, why, why advertising is hated. And what are some of those stats? 
So um, according to HubSpot's AdBlock Plus research study, 64% of consumers say ads today are annoying or intrusive. I think I would probably agree with that statement. Yeah, but the same study also found out that 68% of people don't mind seeing ads if they're actually targeted correctly, if they're actually um, uh, not annoying and they, they're relevant to that consumer at that time. That's so interesting to me um, that 68% of people don't mind seeing ads as long as they're not annoying. What makes an ad annoying? I think there's a number of things, and I think it, 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 it's, it's, getting, it's getting worse. Um, uh, but uh, one, of the, one of the keys here is that it's, it's become a lot less predictable, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's popping up in our way at times that we don't necessarily expect. And not only is it popping up in a way we don't know what it, what to expect, but we don't know what the message is going to say. And I think that's where it starts to get a little confusing. And that's where, you know, something may catch your eye and, and you start to watch it and then you're like, wait, that's not what I thought it was going to be or that doesn't apply to me at all. I just wasted 15, 20, 30 seconds of my time watching this. And I think that's where that annoyance starts to come in. Yeah, it's not like it used to be where you'd open up a magazine and you expect there to be ads there because it's the magazine and the ads are always in the roughly the same place as they were the last magazine you got. You're watching television, you've got 30-second commercial breaks that occur or two-minute commercial breaks of 30-second spots that occur at relatively predictable times throughout the show. Um, today, you're browsing the internet, you go to click on what you think is a YouTube video, and next thing you know, you're watching some pre-roll for something that you have no interest in. Or um, you're trying to read an article, and this th- this overlay comes up and completely prevents you from being able to get to the article until you wait for the countdown to go through and look at something that has nothing to do with the article. It's It's not where and when you expect it and it's getting in the way of what it is you want to do and and I think that that's that it, it really it, it it comes down to sort of a downward spiral in in advertising where um consumers are are inundated with this messaging and then uh marketers are trying to compensate um by by impeding the consumer to get this messaging more in front of them and so um as marketers and publishers do that and they put these these pop-ups and these other mechanisms in there then the data proves hey that's more effective because you're you're now actually successfully competing some of you know the banner blindness and and this over inundation inundation with messaging um, but then the problem is that 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 uh, uh, that just turns consumers off even more to the advertising and so it it, it becomes this this constant game of cat and mouse and this constant downward spiral where advertising is getting worse and more intrusive consumers are running away from it more and ignoring more of it and thus to make it effective we have to make it worse and more intrusive yeah and the thing is you know you said it it gets in your way but it's actually stopped me from doing what i've wanted to do we were talking about this the other day we were on a website and the ads were just so pervasive that i gave up i wanted to read the article but it wasn't worth the pop-ups and the music playing in the background and all of the different things that were going on and i think it'll be interesting to see kind of at what point um publishers start sort of listening to this because, um, yes, they're seeing these clicks and they're getting the advertising revenue. But if readership starts going down because of these intrusive ads, you know, what, what's going to be that tipping point? I know I'm at the point where I almost am. I shouldn't say almost. I'm planning to to investigate some ad blocking technology, not because I don't want to see ads, but because I can't get some websites to load in my browser anymore. When I go to click on a, a link, all of a sudden it sits there and ticks and, and tries to load and tries to load and tries to load. And I watch Ghostry and it's got 
um, uh, 28 pieces of advertising technology that it's loaded. Now, I'm not blocking any of it yet because I'm, I'm more or less just interested in what's out there, but it's, it's clogging up the pipes. Well, it's a conundrum. It's funny because um, and I think this is a good time to transition into why it's so important for marketers to understand. But um, in our house, we're considering getting rid of our expensive direct TV and going to Hulu. Really, the way that we consume TV, it, it doesn't make sense to be paying as much as we are for this satellite um, TV. And so we're talking about going to Hulu and I'm looking at my options and I can pay to not have any advertising at all. And part of me is like, that sounds awesome. But then the marketer in me is like, I feel like I'm not being true to, to my calling. I feel like I'm not going to be able to, you know, stay up to date if I'm not watching any ads at all. Um, and it's funny because I was actually talking to our, um, sales coordinator for brilliant metrics the other day. And I, I had asked her, I was like, Hey, out of curiosity, what's your favorite commercial? And she's like, Oh, I don't watch commercials. And I'm like, what do you mean? And she's like, I don't watch commercials. I watch Netflix. I watch Amazon. We have Hulu. I don't watch commercials at all anymore. And I'm like, well, what about in the car? What, what about a radio commercial? Oh, yeah, no, I listen to Pandora and I have I pay to not have any commercials. And this is why I think it is so important for marketers to really understand that this is a problem we need to address. Because if we're not delivering relevant and compelling messaging that resonates with consumers that are going to tune us out, either mentally tune us out or because of the advent of new technologies, physically make it so that they don't have to actually come in contact with any of our advertising at any point. And if that happens, we lose the opportunity to connect with them. I mean, we don't even get that chance to do it in the first place. And from a technology standpoint, it's 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 particularly bad because we're we're entering an era where um traditional media is dying and being replaced with digital. And it's pretty hard to opt out of an ad in a magazine or a newspaper. But guess what? That's not really where the eyeballs are anymore. And then on top of that, the benefits of digital advertising, you know, uh, the ability to target an individual and get that content to be relevant to them um, is dependent on that same technology that people are starting to block. And so we're, 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 we're taking away our exit from this, this downward spiral um, the more and more we don't take advantage of, of the capabilities of, of these platforms to actually do a better job as marketers. So before we head to the charity break, um, let's real fast run through some of these technological advancements that are making it easier and easier for um, consumers to opt out of advertising, because I think it's it's important to understand kind of where we stand in that landscape. And, um, and then after the break, we'll come back and talk about how we can specifically combat that. Um, I think first and foremost at the front of this is, is uh, at least on the video side of things, is the ability to pay for an ad-free experience. Um, and we see this with Netflix, with Hulu, with Pandora, um, and, and even YouTube now. You can, you can pay for this ad-free experience because the publishers on those services were not getting the revenue through the advertising anyway. So they are trying to generate revenue through other means, and this seems to be a growing trend. Yeah, and it's interesting because American adults are watching more and more TV today than they ever have. Um, you know, it's they're up to five hours on average per day, um, up from it was only four hours in 2010. So an additional whole hour in what a seven, six, seven year time span. But what's interesting about that is because of this technology, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're actually seeing more ads. In fact, I would probably make the guess that they're seeing less. Yeah, the last bastion I think at this point is live sports, um, as as the various MLB and and uh, NFL and whatnot packages um, have have not really been selling an ad free ad, in an ad free environment in any way that that has any uptake. But that's that's just a matter of time for that shoe to drop. 
Now, what about print? So on the print side, we have we have print. Print is basically in its in its slow demise, right? There, I think there I think there will always be a na- a niche print industry, but its heyday has long passed. And so we're looking at um, uh, you know readership numbers that have declined from from sixty two percent in in twenty eleven down to fifty one percent in twenty sixteen, and that number just continues continues to drop. You know, it's funny, in our household, we get the newspaper, but Sunday is really the only day that we sit down and actually read it. And so, um, I, you know, it's 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 easier for me to look up and find that breaking news on, on my iPad than it is to go through the newspaper trying to find a story. I just subscribed to a number of magazines print-wise because I thought that maybe I would, I, I would enjoy them more because I do enjoy the print version more. But now they just seem to collect dust because I never, it's never convenient for me to pull them out and read them, whereas it's always convenient for me to pull out my phone and read news off of that. Well, you always have it with you. That's the thing is when I have 10 extra minutes, I'm sitting at the DMV. I don't have my newspaper with me or my, my, pub, my magazine with me. And that's interesting because it's changed. I used to carry that before I had my phone, but now I just have this nice tiny little device. It's easy to carry. Um, I think radio, you you talked about it, but satellite radio is offering commercial-free programming, and more and more people are taking advantage of that. And then that's if they aren't connecting their phone as soon as they get in the car. And then if they're doing that, then they're listening to Spotify, Pandora, the phone, the music that's already loaded on their phone, or they're listening to podcasts. Mm-hmm. There's no reason to go out and and take you know people want an experience that's on demand that is what they want to listen to at that time and if they can get that over having to listen to whatever the station happens to be pumping out oftentimes they will even if it loses some of that discovery component and then finally digital um you know we talked about this earlier it's such a great way to reach people um and reach people at scale but ad blocking technology is is through the roof and global use of ad blockers in general has been growing in fact it's up by 41% it's getting easier and easier to do it. I mean, you mentioned earlier in the podcast that you're thinking about about implementing some ad blocking tech. I know, and 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 as an advertising professional, that just seems evil, <laughs> right? As a marketing professional, to go and throw throw at ad tech, you know, ad blocking technology seems seems evil. But the 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 fact of the matter is that that I think we're doing it wrong enough that uh, even even uh, you know we're turning ourselves off. So how do we solve this problem? Well, I think it's it's coming back to producing advertising that people actually appreciate that that serves the the audience in addition to serving the marketer. Yeah, I think most of us, if not all of us, have at least one ad out there we love. I know. Um, and I mentioned this earlier, you know, it's, it's the type of ad that when you're out of the room doing laundry or you've popped something in the microwave, you come running back in the room to listen to it. Um, or you, you know, you actively seek it out. I have one for me. It's, it's back from, um, gosh, 2000s, early 2000s, probably, um, when I lived in Southern California and Big Bear Mountain. And I'm going to link to it because seriously, I love this commercial so much. Every time I listen to it, it makes me laugh. laugh. When I was talking to our um, sales coordinator the other day. And I mentioned to her that, you know, we were having this advertising conversation. I literally sought out this ad. It took me like probably seven minutes, 10 minutes to find it, um, and made her listen to it. She didn't think it was funny as I did, but I mean, I literally was like tears were coming down my face laughing at this ad. So you'll have to listen to it and let me know if you think it's, it's as funny, but there are ads out there that resonate with us that I'm remembering what, 10, 12 years later, because it, 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 it impacted me so much. 
Now, I'll admit I had a harder time recalling some of these commercials because um, I am uh, among those people that I don't really see television commercials. I never listen to the radio anymore. I'm always listening to podcasts in the car or children's music on Pandora. Um, so I'm I'm not getting these ads. And quite frankly, the quality of them has dropped substantially in the last few years. So I, I'm not they're not hooking me. But I will say there are some ads that I do remember that 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 do add value to my world. And so and, and in my case, it's some of the sponsorship reads that come up in some of the podcasts I listen to. So um, you're going to get to hear how geeky I am a little bit here. But I listened to a podcast called the Accidental Tech Podcast. And one of their sponsors was the card game Cards Against Humanity. And for a whole year, they bought um, I think biweekly or at least once a month, a sponsorship read with this podcast. And instead of having them read an ad, they simply had one of the podcast's hosts review a toaster oven. And this seems to make no sense, but what they did is they totally understood the actual podcast they were advertising on. And one of the hosts had another podcast called Hypercritical, where he would criticize the heck out of all kinds of stuff. And so they had him review these toaster ovens, and it was hilarious to listen to him get all critical about the functionality of a toaster oven. And you hear the same thing on some of Gimlet's podcast um, sponsors, um, in particular when they do a MailChimp read. They're often talking about some really screwy newsletter type thing that they sent out using the MailChimp tool and how funny it was and how crazy it was. Um, so I love I love those ads where they're they're taking advantage of the actual environment. They're becoming native almost instead of being blatant just advertising. And I remember the sponsors that way. So it's for you. It's it's native, and it um, it really appeals to you. It's something that that is obviously resonating with the audience. Exactly, exactly. It's the fact that it's it's not just it's not just an ad read. It's it's part of the experience, and it becomes enjoyable for that reason. I love that part of the experience. And that is exactly what it is that we want to achieve. And when we come back from the charity break, we're going to talk about how we do that. Yep. So let's go help some people. Before we continue, I'd like to take a quick moment to ask you iterative marketers a small but meaningful favor and ask that you give a few dollars to a charity that's important to one of our own. This week, we are asking that you make a donation to the ALS Association. The ALS Association is leading the fight to treat and cure ALS through global research and nationwide advocacy, while also empowering people with Lou Gehrig's disease and their families to live fuller lives by providing them with compassionate care and support. Learn more at ALSA.org or visit the link in the show notes. If you would like to submit your cause for consideration for our next podcast, please visit iterativemarketing.net slash podcast and click the share a cause button. We love sharing causes that are important to you. And we're back. So before the break, we talked about this increasing divide between marketers and advertisers and the consumers that we're all trying to reach. We talked about how evil advertising is and how we're getting the breaking point where even I'm attempting to look for some some ad blocking technology. Um, and uh, we talked a little bit about what can make an ad good. But let's dive into that a little bit more and make this make this actionable.